Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. I actually miss preaching. I, I mean, I miss, but I, I believe this is very important because the body of Christ also needs to be educated and trained in the, in the word. Not just the spontaneous word, but the Bible says study to show yourself approved. Rightfully dividing the word of truth so you will not be ashamed. So I want to equip you today, and I, I don't even have a, mess, a, a title of this, but we, we've been experiencing such healing and wholeness. But I want to tell you this. The goal of the Lord for you and I, before we pray, listen, get your Bibles out, get your tablets out, all right? Um, b- the goal of the Lord before we pray is not just to heal you in one area. He actually combines about four healing, healing realities. That's what I call it, healing realities that make up wholeness. Anytime God thinks about the best for you, listen to me, this is very important. He's thinking about wholeness. There's a difference between healing and wholeness. Because you could be healed of a physical ailment and your mind is still messed up. Come on, somebody. Or your emotions are messed up, yet you have no ailment. Or your emotions are great, but you have a physical ailment. Let me tell you something. It's not God's will for you to be afflicted in any area of your life. He's after wholeness in every area. How many believe that? How many believe that? Now, so what we're doing is that's why we have inner healing class because we're not only wanting physical healing, we want wholeness. So today, I want to ask you to turn to Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Chapter 17, verse 11, and I'm going, to do, uh, I'm going to share some scriptures with you. That's all right. How many love reading the word and hearing the word? So make sure you guys get your pens because I'm going to have you get some notes. We're going to have some graphic slides. Let's pray. Are you hungry? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God, for your anointing. I thank you for hearing, Lord God, the ears to hear. Encourage your people through your word. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And I pray you would encourage us today. Lord, I sense we are hungry for the word. We're hungry to hear your word. Your word is like sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. And I thank you for speaking to us for victory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, now, (laughs) I got my amen corner back, okay. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Now, I'm going to read in the King James Version. So make sure, Zach, all the the scripture versions that I've given you is there. This is going to be in the Old King James Version, and I'll tell you why. Because in the Old King James Version, uh, it is, yes, there's a lot of fee-fi-fo-fum on there, but... But it illustrates my point of what I'm trying to share with everyone about the journey. Listen, please, this is important. The journey of the Lord to get you completely whole. What if I were to tell you it's God's will for you to not lack in any area? What, what if I talk, I'm, I'm talking about mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, everything. So uh, now, I want you to see this because in the King James Version, it opens our eyes for you and I not to settle for anything that's not wholeness. I'm going to encourage you today that if you are not completely uh, healed in some area, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you more. It just means that you don't have to settle for that. Here it goes. Now, this is a famous story about the lepers, but I, I have so much revelation about this. So it says this. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria. This is Jesus. Now, I want you all to follow me now, all right? He went through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as Jesus entered into a certain village, there met him. This is so important. Oh, man, I could, I could break this down right now, but I'm not. There met him ten lepers 
sorry, ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. That's, a, that's pretty important. They stood afar off. And they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, this next sentence, if you know the scriptures in Leviticus, if you've studied uh, uh, rabbinical law, if you've studied the Old Testament, Jesus is actually quoting something what, which was supposed to do in the Old Testament. So now I want you to notice something. They're crying out for a miracle. And I want you to, I've read this a million times. I never saw this. Jesus did not answer in the timing or in the way that they wanted. As a matter of fact, his next sentence doesn't guarantee healing. He just says, he heard it. He said, have mercy on me. And they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, have mercy on us. And, and when he saw them, when Jesus saw them, look at this. He said to them, go show yourself unto the priest. Shoo, yeah. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Everybody say cleansed. Everybody say cleansed. As they went, as they were obedient of something they did not understand, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed physically, he was a physical healing, turned back, this is a difference maker, and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face, on his feet, giving thanks to the Lord. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the other nine? There are not found, there are not found that return to give glory to God, save the stranger. Now I want you to highlight this next verse in your Bible. And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Because Jesus, he, the Bible says, go on your way. And when they weren't on their way, the Bible says they were cleansed. When one of them saw that they were cleansed and healed, they turned back with a loud voice, worshiped God. And the Lord says, where are the other nine that were cleansed? In other words, healed physically. Oh, God. In other words, where are the people that saw their healing and come to glorify God? They kept walking. The guy that came and glorified God, there was a difference at the end to what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say, go your way and you are clean because you already said clean. He goes, now your faith has made you whole. In other words, those guys got a physical healing, but you got a physical, emotional, mental, and whole spirit, soul, and body healing because of your faith. Now you're going to be left because you guys have to understand the shame and the ridicule that people under leprosy had to go through. They probably had more emotional healing needing, needed than physical healing because they had to be all the way far off every single time. And not only did they have to be far off, they had to have the shame of people announcing their condition. Could you imagine... If you had a pornography problem and everybody says that you have to say, I am, I'm a pornographer, I'm, I, I struggle with pornography, how embarrassing that would be. The lepers had to shout, unclean, unclean, every village that they go so that it would highlight to them their condition. See, sometimes you've been so wounded emotionally that you just are not satisfied with a physical healing because a physical healing is not enough. Just like the guy with the, that was a, a, a paralyzed man, and I shared this with you before. He came down needing a physical healing, but Jesus bypassed his physical he, healing only and said, 
I see much more damage that's been done to you emotionally than has been done physically. So the first thing I'm going to do, when you tear down that wall and you bring down that thing, I'm not going to say be healed because that's what you're expecting. I'm going to say, son, your sins are forgiven. The first thing that Jesus said to the paralyzed man was not be healed. He addressed an emotional need. He's called him son. In other words, I'm not going to call you by your condition anymore. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. I'm not going to call you by your disease. I'm going to be the first one to address you as a son. Your sins are forgiven. Oh, by the way, pick up your bed and walk. You're going to be healed. That's, that's just easy. Why do I say this? Because the Lord's goal for you is to be made whole in every area of your life. If you could follow me uh, with the graphics. Let's put that first graphic up. The goal of the Lord is to make sure that you be made whole in every of your life. If you guys understand that, God is not simply after you being cleansed. Now, what is cleansed spiritually? Cleansed is salvation, right? When we're cleansed from our sin, that is salvation. Or you ask for forgiveness, he's cleansed. But sadly, some people only stay in the first level of salvation without desiring the wholeness part of their lives. They get stuck in their, I'm saved, I'm not going to hell anymore, praise God. But the goal of the Lord is for you to be made whole in every area of your life. Spiritually, come on, say spiritually. That's salvation. Physically, say physically. Mentally. Emotionally. And financially. Look at 1 John real quick. We're going to go this. Help me media team. I'm sorry. 3 John. 3 John chapter 1 verse 2 in the New King James. Look at what it says here. This is so beautiful. Beloved, I pray that you may. Everybody say this, this curse word in the church. <laughs> see, see, some people are like, I don't want to say that. Beloved, I pray that you may. Come on, say it. Prosper and be, and watch this, watch this, watch this. Prosper in all things. So, so let's pause here. Let's not be super spiritual. All things means all things. Prosper means emotionally, means in all things mentally, in your finances, right? He said, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be, and be in health. Some translation says be in health in all things. Just, oh, watch this now, watch this, you're going to get excited. Just the same way that your soul prospers. Uses the same word prosperity for other, other, other kind of prosperity. He says just as your soul has prosperity. Now, unfortunately, because of the overtoned hyper prosperity gospel that has been, been turned to, to a fluff, we don't have the necessary definition or balance of wholeness. So prosperity, he says, even as your soul prospers, what's your soul? Is your mind, your will, and your emotions. In other words, he goes, I don't want you just to, to, to prosper physically and in health. I want your emotions to prosper, your mind, and your thoughts to prosper. Now, what is prosper? The meaning of the word prosper here, I looked it up. It's a combination of Greek words here um, that has some syllabus, and it means to be successful, the word prosper, to be successful or succeed, especially in a life's journey. In other words, in a journey, to be successful, right? And the, the Apostle John in, in his epistle here says he wants our health, he wants our soul, he wants our mind, he wants our physical bodies, even our finances to be whole. Now, I want you to see this because if we only get, get satisfied in being cleansed like the, the nine lepers did, they will miss out on the rest of the wholeness. Guys, there is so much more that God has for you other than just cleansing you from your sins. 
He, he doesn't only just want you to say, hey, come confess that you're a sinner, come to the Lord, and you're good, and then, and then live in bondage. Do you know, I'm going to shout for a second, but if you don't, I'll shout for you. It's possible to be saved and be bound at the same time. You say, that's impossible. Just look at people around you. How, you there, there, there's a possibility that you could be cleansed and not be made whole. You could be cleansed from your sin, but you could be battling with depression, and that's a chain around your spirit. You could be cleansed by the cross and still be suffering a, a, a horrible affliction that makes you depressed because you can't even walk. Or you can't even do the things that the Lord has called you to do because you're afflicted in a certain area. Or you could be cleansed and, I have to say it the right way, you could be cleansed and be in depression because you have no money. God is not, now you have a choice to say, well, that's just the, the Lord teaching me, you know, how to stay humble. God is not going to give you a sickness to teach you how to stay humble. God is not going to throw some, uh, some demonic spirit on you just to teach you a, a lesson. Now, if you open the door for that, that's your problem. But what I am saying is that God is after wholeness, and if everyone in the body of Christ were whole, it would be a ticking time bomb. We won't have to stir people up to come to a prayer meeting. We won't have to stir people up to engage in a service. Why? Because we are whole in every area. And we're going to be thankful for everything in our life just as God is asking. And so it, this, this scripture in Luke is awesome because it talks about, in my opinion, different degrees and levels of healing. Say degrees. So what, what is awesome is that some healing comes instantly. Say instant. How many have experienced an instant healing? A lot more other healings come progressively. And this is like where Christina was talking about. She could have gave up. As a matter of fact, maybe several times inside, she's like, it's over. There's no way to even pray. After seven years. But you know what? The Bible says that some healing comes as you go. As you keep coming. And when healing doesn't come immediately, here's what we need to do. Keep coming back to the Lord even in your pain. Keep coming back like that one leper. Yes, he was cleansed. But here's a, here's a prophetic allegory. If you don't get what you need, the hardest part the next day is to keep coming back to the Lord and worship him with a purity of heart. Because you feel he didn't answer you a, a yes ago, yesterday or a day ago or a month ago. Keep coming back to the Lord and worship him with a loud voice. Glorify him with a loud voice as you, as you come back to the Lord. Then you will see God say, your faith has made you whole. It's a matter of time. Do you have to understand something about this scripture? Because when, they, when this is progressive, not only do you need to keep on coming, but you have to understand something about the scripture in Luke. The Bible says, I believe that these lepers planned that day. You say, how? Oh, I can prove it to you. I, I believe that these lepers were waiting for that moment. How many of you guys have been praying and waiting for a moment? Just praying and waiting for a moment. They were planning on it. They're like, our lives are tortured. We have to have a breakthrough. Wait. We're, let's study Jesus' pattern. He's going to go across the city, he's gonna cross, and then he's going to come across the city. And I'm going to show you why I believe that's true. Because the Bible says as soon as he entered the village. It wasn't like, like let, let's say he's entering a popka. As soon as he crosses the line of a popka, he hears this thunderous voice from, from ten lepers. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on him. What does that mean? There he goes. There he is. There he is. There he is. As soon as he enters a popka, let's shout. They were guys. They were prepared. They were waiting for him. The Bible says, and there met him ten lepers. Now watch this. This is a whole other story that stood far off. 
stood far off. In other words, I'm not worthy to come because of my condition. I've been trained to think that I can't get close to Jesus because I need wholeness in another area. So I'm, I'm okay with just being far off. And when he says, have mercy on me and heal me, he didn't say, I hear you. He didn't say, I'm going to heal you. He says, go show yourself to the priest. It's in that moment where we could get angry with God or we could be obedient to what he says. In other words, keep going. I'm not going to guarantee if you're going to get healed right away. Just keep on doing what I told you to do. Just keep on walking. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. There's not one word there that he stopped walking. Just keep on walking, David. And as he got healed, he turned around. Now remember, he got physically healed, but he was dealing with years of emotional abuse that wounded his conscience. Because he was labeled for many years unclean. Black sheep of the family. You're the bad one. You're the, you're the disgusting one. Come on, come on, let's, let's, let's have it. A real talk of 2019 here. We're, we're not, we're not. You're the, you're the black sheep of the family. You're the one who never makes it. I wish you were like your brother. I wish you were like your sister. And he comes and he gets healed. You get healed of the physical ailment, but your emotions are shattered. And when he came back to Jesus, Jesus says, you were cleansed as you came, but now I'm going to notch up your healing. I'm going to make you whole. What would your prayer life be if not only you got physically healed, but you got emotionally healed at the same time? And not only that, the years of financial burdens that you've been, been, you've been uh, growing up poor and all of a sudden God opens the door and makes you this person that has abundance of finances to fund not only your family, the kingdom of God. How would you, your heart, be grateful to the Lord? If I could speak really plainly, some of us are battling depression, not because a demon is whispering in you, is because you can't find a job. You can't find, and it's, and it's putting, watch this, a burden on your family and on your, on your life. It got quiet up in here. Amen. That baby's saying amen to me. <laughs> now, sometimes, uh, when I say the graphic, I just put it up there. Sometimes healing takes a process in your life to correct many years of wrong behavior and actions. Put that slide up there. Sometimes healing takes a process in your life to correct many years of wrong behavior and actions. Can I just be honest? This is where the church really is messed up because we are asking God to do everything for us and not taking any responsibility. Sometimes the reason why you're in a predicament that you're in is not because some demon did it to you. It's because you actually did it, and sometimes you got to reverse those things, and sometimes it takes a process of right behavior to end a long process of, of wrong decisions. If you are unhealthy or you're out of shape and you decide one day to eat healthy, it's not going to cover up and heal all the, all the bad mistakes that you did the last five years. I mean, if you're eating horrible and you have some sort of sickness and you say, I'm going to change for two days, I'm not going to eat donuts for two days. Lord, what's wrong with you? Why haven't you healed me? I've abstained from sugar for three days. God says, sometimes you need to have healing and wholeness to correct behaviors. Listen, I'm going to come down here. You, 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 listen, you, 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 you can't rebuke wrong behavior. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> you can't. You can't rebuke or cast out wrong behavior. you got to disciple and discipline wrong behavior. 
You can't be, I, I, rebuke, this, I rebuke this bad eating habit in the name of Jesus. Like, like God is going to like stop the fork from coming in your mouth. What's going on? What's wrong? I can't, I can't have this donut because I rebuked it. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Neither can you counsel a demon. So, so, so you have to take responsibility. If you are making wrong decisions in your life about health, about your emotional state, then you have to have right decisions, make responsibility to correct those. Not just ask the Lord to wave his hand and you have no responsibility. I'm going to go to this side of the church. Neither, neither can you counsel a demon. If you have a demonic spirit, you have to learn how to take authority over that thing. If, if that thing is manifesting because you open up a door to demonic activity, you're not going to say, now, demon, now calm down. Don't roar too much now. Calm down. Listen, let me give you a five-step process or you won't manifest. <laughs> why do I say that? It's because some of you and I, the reason why we're not whole is because we're waiting on God to do some, something that he's given us the power to do. Change your eating habits. I've had to do that. I've asked the Lord, heal me, heal me, heal me, heal me. And God's like, you have some horrible eating habits. You need to change the way you eat. I'm like, but I don't like just black coffee. I want sugar and, and, and cafe con leche in my coffee. Come on, somebody. You can't, listen, you can't play in the rain till 2 or 3 in the morning and then curse the devil the next morning for the flu that you have. I just cursed that devil. Um, what's wrong with you, brother? I'm just, I'm rebuked this cold and this pneumonia that I have. Well, what were you doing? Oh, uh, you know what? I was just, I'm just covered by the blood. I was, I was playing in the rain, frigid cold till 2 in the morning. I don't know why I have this cold, that devil. No, it's not the devil. <laughs> and can I just be honest? Sometimes, not all the time, sometimes the reason we're in the financial mess that we're in because we're not taking responsibilities of how to be good stewards of our finances. <laughs> and we're waiting on God to drop money bags in our backyard. Oh, there's $100. Thank you. Woo. And here, <laughs> yeah. some people, anyway, I'll just, I'll, I'll just keep going. So concerning bad eating habits, it takes time for you to allow the right decisions. In your life, if you're in a relationship that's not healthy, well, you know what? You just can't rebuke that. You have to make the right decision. You know what Paul the Apostle said? He says, I buffet my body daily lest I become a castaway or disqualified. He, he actually buffets his flesh so that he won't go crazy on these people. He's a guy that, he, listen, listen. Paul the Apostle in his former life used to kill people. The boy was a gangster. So killing people was, was actually more of, Lord, don't let me really kill this guy. When they were testing him, he had to put his body under subjection. Stop rebuking what God has given you the power and the authority to overcome. He's given you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. So in other words, God is saying, I won't bind until you bind. I won't bind in heaven because I have all the power until you take the authority and do so. Come on, say amen. And so, so the book of Thessalonians actually talks about this. Are you ready? We're going to have a Bible study this morning. The book of Thessalonians, again, you, here's a third time in just this morning that you're going to hear another writer of Scripture talk about wholeness. Look what the book of Thessalonians says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 22. Stay away from every kind of evil. Now, this is the NLT. The NLT. Look at verse 23 and 24. Now, may the God of peace make you holy. Everybody say, in every way. Okay, wait, say, in every way. 
Now, before I continue to read that, when we say holy in the church, we only think of a couple of things. Like abstaining from sexual immorality or from, say, uh, from uh, not doing drugs or, you know, all that good stuff, right? But how about holy in your conversations? There's a scripture that says, be holy in all matter of your conduct and your conversation. Are you holy in your conversation? Are you holy in your demonstration of your restraint? He says, make you holy in every way and may your, everybody say whole. Your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Right? Now watch this. God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. So many people are satisfied with one dimension of healing and the other areas of their life are weak and broken and dysfunctional. Do you know that the, we're made up in three parts according to the Bible? And in, in each part, God wants you to make you whole. He goes, make, may your whole spirit, soul, and body. The spiritual part is made whole at salvation because, listen, the righteousness that God infuses in your spirit when you get born again can never be improved upon. Think about that. You are the righteousness of God. Now, your behavioral righteousness is different, and that can be improved upon. But spirit and your soul, soul is your, body, your mind, your body, your emotions, right? And then your body, your physical, your physical body, he wants you to be made whole. If you, say, if you believe that, say amen. amen. So even in the book of Nehemiah, we're talking about the Nehemiah project. One of the definitions of the, in the Hebrew of the gate is to split open. And that word split open in the Hebrew means to bring freedom. So Nehemiah was actually rebuilding freedom. He was actually rebuilding the gates that were torn down by the enemy and establishing gates or portals or 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 uh, principles of healing and wholeness by having these gates, right? Now, here's my famous one. Those of you who know me, the other scripture they're going to share with you today, I'm going to tell you the four main reasons, according to the scripture, not according to Pastor George, that the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, and each re reason points to four different distinct healing realities that make up wholeness. Did I lose you? Okay, I, I lost some of you. If you bake a cake, you just don't have flour or sugar. You have flour, egg, sugar, and some other milk. I'm not a cook, but you need a combination of things in order to get a cake, right? In order for you to get wholeness, everybody say wholeness. There's four major healing attributes that you must adopt and that God has for you and is the number one reason that the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. Do you know that the reason that the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, Jesus actually talks about the reason why? Most people can't even describe. If I would describe, hey, what's the reason the Holy Spirit comes on you? I don't know, I just so I could preach better. Jesus stood up when he opened the Bible, the scriptures in Isaiah, and he basically quoted Isaiah about himself, and he wrote about, he spoke about the reason why the Holy Spirit came upon him. Watch this. These four reasons that I'm going to break down today all lead to one main reality, wholeness. So basically, here's what I'm trying to say. If you want the recipe to wholeness, it's in Luke chapter 4. Are you ready? Because in Luke chapter 4, in one verse, in verse 18, we're going to start a little bit earlier, gives you all the attributes that lead to wholeness. It gives you the spiritual side, the physical side, the mental side, and the emotional side. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you getting anything? 
So watch this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. In other words, here's the reason why he's anointed me. Not so I could get a goosebump, not, not so I could follow the power. He said, this is the reason. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel. Say to preach the gospel. All right. He has anointed me, watch this, this is the second reason, to set, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Oh boy. Oh boy. That talks about emotional healing, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. Number three, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Talks about deliverance, we're going to talk about that. Now watch this, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, physical healing. That's actually talking about physical healing because he already took care of the spiritual healing on salvation. Got that, right? To set liberty to those who are oppressed. Now I want you to, to kind of remember that last sentence because I'm going to shock you in how it looks like in another version. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Everybody say oppressed. I'm going to tell you something in just a few minutes that... What, what that is. Now, why do I say this? Because today in, script, in Scripture, Jesus is saying, there is a reason why I have been anointed by the Holy Spirit. is to bring absolute wholeness to my body in four different areas. Guess what? In other words, if, if you need spiritual healing, don't worry, I got that covered in salvation. Well, I need emotional healing, don't worry, I got that covered in verse 18 where it says, I heal the brokenhearted. Oh, well, but I, I need, but my son or my daughter is afflicted with demons and addiction and bondage. And they can't get Get out of these chains. I come to set the captives free. How about physical healing? Well, I took care of that too in verse 18 because of the recovery of the sight to the blind. That's where I came to. That's where the Holy Spirit comes. So the Holy Spirit in one verse is summarizing four major attributes that lead to your and I's wholeness. Alrighty? And we're going to break this down. We're going to break this down. The first one, and you can put the first graphic up there, healing. Physical healing. Sorry, salvation. Salvation. Everybody say Salvation. So, so watch this. The first attribute that leads to wholeness, it's funny, journey. The first journey, the first journey of Luke 18 is all leading you somewhere. Oh, man, this is so exciting. Some of you, you have no clue what's going on here. The first journey to wholeness has to start with salvation. You say, where do you get that in chapter 18? Easy. The, the prophetic symbolism of the first journey to wholeness is where Jesus says in Luke 4, 18, I've come, watch this, to preach the gospel to the poor and to, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. The purpose of preaching the gospel is that the Holy Spirit will grab those words and bring salvation and healing to people who don't know the Lord. You know the number one reason for the preaching of the gospel is so that people could convert to, to Jesus Christ. The preaching of the gospel, he says, I've come to preach the gospel. Why? He's come to preach the gospel to give people the first journey to wholeness, which is spiritual healing. And what is spiritual healing? Salvation. Can I, can I just get real here? here? Because the greatest miracle you and I will ever see is not someone getting out of a wheelchair. And I've seen that. It's when someone gets born again. When someone gives their lives to the Lord and they once was bound and now they're free. They once was blind and now I see, oh wretched man that I am, but who shall deliver me from this body of, a body of death? Now therefore now is no, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So the first healing and the first miracle that God wants to do in your journey of wholeness is salvation. Can I just be honest? I've talked to Pastor John about this. There's, it's, possible, it's possible that we could grow up with church etiquette, church mannerism, church leadership, church protocol, and never encounter the person of Jesus. 
the church has mastered churchiology. And we have not encountered the person of Jesus. Do you know that I've known stories that people have worked for years in a church and they're not saved? I think me and Pastor John were talking one time. They're, they're just good people that want to have good environment. And so they kind of apply for these jobs. And when it comes about, to, about sin and, and they ask, hey, have you ever repented of your sins and, and gave your life to the Lord? Well, I, I'm just a good person. I don't, I don't know. Do you remember when you got saved? Well, I, what do you mean saved? I've been working here for five years. I'm just like one of the assistants here. Have you ever been saved? You know, the first group I'm going after this morning is, are you even saved this morning? Are you even, have you had a born-again experience? See, you're looking at me like you're going to throw something at me, some of you. No, you're not, and you're not. But are you saved? Watch this. I'm going to take it a little further. Or do you think you're saved because of an affiliation you have with your parents or with a friend? Well, my parents are pastors. Oh, my friends, uh, they come to church. Oh, I love the vibe here at RCC. I feel, do you know that some people, they cannot be confronted with their sins, but they feel good because the presence of God makes them feel good. So they come bound, they come depressed, but they've never been born again. I'm not afraid to say that anymore. Are you born again? Jesus said to Nicodemus, he said, hey, what do you want? Jesus is like, what do you want? He goes, unless you are born again. What do you mean born again? What do you mean? Do you have to go back into your mother's room? He's like, no, you're a teacher of Israel. You don't know this? Nicodemus, you don't know that you need to repent of your sins? You know, the first sign of wholeness is getting saved. I know that so sounds so elementary, but we have ministries. We have, I mean, Pastor John and Christina will probably tell you this. Youth ministries all over the nation, they're coming in from the street, and they just love the vibe. But are, is every kid saved? Is every student, like, did, did they repent of their sins? Or are they coming because, man, I really like the vibe here. Are you, are you saved this morning? Are you been washed by the blood of Jesus? Come on. We've, do we know church etiquette and not Jesus? So the group, the first group of people that Jesus is talking about, about wholeness, is that we must be born again. You cannot experience wholeness at any level if you have not had an encounter with Jesus. Now, let me take it further before I take step number two. Not just an encounter at the altar and then live like you want. That's not salvation. The Bible says, Jesus said, not, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father. And then Jesus in another scripture was even more serious. He says, why do you call me Lord when you don't do what I say? He says, you call me Lord, but you don't do what I say. Listen, lordship determines if you're saved or not. If, you're, if you are willing to give him your life and everything, then you realize this has been a true conversion in my life. He's changed your life, and that's the first step for wholeness. Amen? Now, don't tell me you're saved if you're continuing to enjoy a worldly lifestyle. That doesn't mean that, you're not, that, that you don't love God, but if you continually enjoy the things you used to do and you call yourself a Christian, you know what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10? It was not even in my notes, but I'll just give it to you for free. You cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons at the same time. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 10, look it up. So could you imagine sitting down? Hey, Lord, how you doing? Hey, devil, how you doing? It's so good to have you guys here. Satan and Jesus, wow. I get happiness, holiness, joy, Holy Ghost. I get blessings, and I get the worldly lifestyle too. Man, I love you guys. 
You know, can you imagine sitting in the table and Jesus is in one end and the devil's in one end and you're just enjoying it? And that is the furthest picture of the gospel. You either eating, you're eating with the world or you're eating with the Lord. Now, those who have a, a relationship with God won't, won't want to have the things of this world. I pray for my kids almost every time. You shall not love the world, the things of this world, and the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh, or the lust of the eyes. You, you will not love them. They will not have no part of you. Anyone who loves them, the love of the Father is not in them. Let me continue because I didn't get any answer for that. But PG didn't say that. The, the first John said that. The second journey for wholeness, everybody say second. Put the second one up. Is healing. Everybody say healing. The second, the second people that I'm going to talk to about this morning and that I'm trying to reach are those who need physical healing. And today at church, after church, we're going to have, I don't even know, four different altar calls at the same time for these things. For those of you who need healing. Those of you who need salvation. Those who need physical healing. Now where do I get physical healing from? It's in, in Luke chapter 4, 18, where he says, and he's come, one of the reasons that the anointing has come, to, to recover the sight of the blind. That verse is actually talking about physical healing. All right? Recover your sight to the blind. It can also mean sp uh, spiritual blindness, but God already took care of spiritual blindness at salvation. So he's not talking about just spiritual blindness here. He's actually physically talking about the reason why the Holy Spirit came upon me so I could bring supernatural miracles to my people because they've been afflicted by sickness and the enemy is no longer going to have his way. I am contending for a house that will not be sick. Or have diseases. Can we do that? Can we? You say that's not possible. Then we have not read the book of Acts. Because the book of Acts says there was not one feeble or sick among them. So either we believe the gospel. Either we believe the book of Acts is for now. Or we just say that was just for 2,000 years ago. But we can never attain that. And let me tell you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. The same one, not a different one. So guess what? I'm, what would happen if we dare to believe for wholeness that God could bring a, a people like us where there's no feeble or sick or disease among us? Can we believe for wholeness in that area, for healing? Part of being whole is being completely free from sickness and disease. Do you know that two-thirds of Jesus' ministry on the earth was going around healing people? Look, 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 look. It's the Lord's desire... That and will for all physical ailments to be healed. It's his will. As a matter of fact, I'm going to share this with you. Matthew chapter 9. I want you to see this. Turn to Matthew chapter 9. Are you getting something this morning? Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Look at what the Bible says about his desire to heal. I want you to see it from the lens of wholeness. Verse 35, New King James. Then Jesus went about all the cities. Everybody say all the cities. And all the villages, in other words, when he says all that means, he didn't exclude specific miracles for certain cities. He's like, in every city, he went to all of them, all the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Are you ready? Are you ready to, to hit your neighbor in a good way? And healing some disease. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I got I to gotta read that again. And healing every sickness and healing every disease among the people. He didn't discriminate. Well, you know, I have faith for a migraine, but I don't have faith for cancer. Or I, I have faith for a headache, but I don't have faith for AIDS. Hey, I fall into that trap too. I fall into that trap too. Hey, 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 you know what? Don't worry. That, that's easy faith for me, a migraine. But how about someone is in a wheelchair and they're bringing them up before you? Do you have faith that God could raise them up? 
The Bible says he went to every city and watch this, healed every sickness. That means name every sickness and he healed every sickness and every disease among the people. Could you imagine what that would look like today? That means in Apopka, Orlando, Mount Dora, uh, Titusville, all, uh, uh, Fruitland Park. He went to every city and every person, every single person in that entire city got healed. Every sickness, every disease. Why don't we think that's possible today? Why don't we think that we could contend in our prayer times? When we pray, do we believe that he could heal every sickness in our house? The goal to wholeness includes physical healing. The second type of people I am talking to today and trying to reach are people that have years of affliction and sickness. Today, we're going to believe God for your miracle. We're going to believe God for healing. Why? I'm building your faith so that you know that God desires to do it before we even pray for it. God desires for you to do that. God desires for you to be healed. And like Christina said so eloquently, when you are not healed for so long, the enemy will put severe doubt. I don't want to hear another prayer. I don't want to hear another prophecy. And I love what she said. That's what got me. Pray one more time. You know what? And then even if it doesn't happen, pray another time. Pray another time. Pray again. And, and then suddenly something will happen. You just, I, I've come to a point. I'd rather die believing God will heal me and not than going throughout my life not believing and then having a hardened heart because of that. Can I hear an amen? The third person I want to talk to, and I'm almost done. The third person, now this is good. This is going to hit home on some of you. The third journey to wholeness. We've talked about salvation. We've talked about physical healing. All in verse 18. I watch this. Is God's supreme desire to set us free from chains, addictions, and bondage, and strongholds. Demonic chains, addictions, strongholds, habits that you cannot kick. In Luke chapter 4, 18, it says, it says that he proclaims liberty to the captives and captives are those who are in prison spiritually by chains of addictions some of you in here are bound by addictive chains that no matter how much you try you can't stop or you have a son or a daughter or you have a loved one that no matter how you it's, it's painful for you because they're chains around their neck but Jesus, the reason why the Holy Spirit came on Jesus was not only to preach the gospel, was not only to deliver us from the physical sickness, but also to set captives free from addiction, bondages, and strongholds. Do we believe that Jesus, the mighty warrior, desires with zeal to heal all those who are bound by demonic spirits? Do you believe that? Look at what the Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Oh, I love this. And I'm going to close in just a minute here. But I haven't preached in a long time, so I have a lot to regurgitate out to you. <laughs> so how, listen, l l listen, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Let me pause and say this. Even while Jesus was on the earth, he needed to be anointed. That's a whole other thing. God anointed, the Father anointed Jesus. Well, Jesus didn't need to be anointed. He was fully God, but he was fully man. And let me tell you something that's really encouraging. He did all those miracles as a man. Because if he only did it as God, then we couldn't relate to it. Oh, the reason why he did it is because he's God. No, he did it as a man. Listen, and God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Oh, come on, shout, church. Who, who went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. 
For God was with him. That's why these old people like Smith Wigglesworth and all these people that I used to study, they used to kick these, these, these tumors in their stomach. And, and everyone was like, what's wrong with this guy? He was so angry, not at them. He was so angry, he called every sickness from the devil, every oppression from the devil. If we don't change our theology, we will start thinking that certain afflictions is God, the mean father, teaching us a lesson. It is the, the Bible says he healed all who were oppressed, not by God. All who were oppressed, I love that he said, by the devil. All oppression is from the devil. Now watch, whether it's, it doesn't mean it's a demonic spirit, but the root of it is from the evil one. He said, he, listen, how many of you have had people in your lives that you've suffered with addictions, with, with chains, and when I say addictions, it doesn't only have to be what we think of. Some people have food addictions. Some people have addictions to lust. Some people have addictions to drugs. Some people have addictions to, all, to, to, to money, to, to, to gambling. They have these addictions. But it's demonically induced. And the Bible says that he wants to get you to a place where you say enough is enough. I take authority over these demonic strongholds my life and some of them come out don't come out except through fasting and praying the third person I want to talk to today if I can have the worship team come up here the third person that I want to talk to today and reach are the ones that either have opened themselves up to demonic strongholds or demonic strongholds have forced themselves on you because somebody else forced things on you I'm trying to get deep here, but i got to be careful because there's, 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 there's young people here. But there could be doors, demonic doors, that could be forced on you since you were a little kid. And things happened when you were little, and it opened doors. It opened doors to the demonic realm illegally. And now you are trapped in a cycle that you don't know because you don't know the full identity and you're afraid to take authority over that situation. And do you know that if you knew who you are in Christ, you would know that there could be 10 million devils in a room and one Christian and the devils will be the minority. But you have to understand that God with zeal is telling his people, don't settle for demonic strongholds, not only in your life, in your family. Take authority over them. And if it doesn't work, fast. If it doesn't work, keep on believing because he has promised that every addiction in your life, I have good news for you. You don't have to suffer anymore from addictions. You don't have to struggle anymore with chains around your neck. Because the power of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, you know what the anointing does? It doesn't break the yoke. It destroys the yoke. That means the anointing is that destroys the yoke of bondage cannot be repaired. It destroys it. As a matter of fact, watch this. Look at me. Look at me. Zoom in on me. Do you know one of the purposes? Okay, I, I've, told you the, I've told you three out of the four purposes that the anointing came on Jesus. Do you know what the, one of the singular purposes according to scripture that Jesus came on the earth? Do you know what it was? Are you ready? Ready for this deep word? One of the most single purposes that the, that the Lord came on this earth. He actually says, it's like, it's like the teacher is giving the answers to the test and he gave it to you by mistake. Have you ever got like the answer key by mistake? And you're like, this is the answer to all questions. You know what the Bible says? Look at, watch, this is the purpose. Ready? 1 John 3. Here's the purpose. 
We're going to give you one more, and then we're going to worship. Oh, I feel the Lord. How many are encouraged right now? First John chapter 3, verse 8. This is going to make you shout. Are you ready? He who sins is of the devil, and the devil has sinned from the beginning. Watch this. Let's say this, everyone with me. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. <laughs> and I can almost imagine Jesus going... He said, this is the purpose the Son of God was manifested. This, this, well, this purpose, there's many purposes, but this is the main purpose. Are you ready? The main purpose Jesus was manifested, that he might destroy, destroy, destroy the works of the devil. Do you know that that means everything that the devil tried to do, Jesus came right behind him and undid everything that, that the devil had to do. So that means that the devil went with sickness and plague, and Jesus went right behind him and said, I'll pick that up, I'll heal that up, I'll heal that up, I'll free. He destroys Everything that the devil has done. Can't you imagine? That annoys the heck out of the devil. The main purpose of the devil was to just steal, kill, and destroy. But the main purpose of Jesus was to destroy the destroyer. I'm just getting happy. It's almost like that big brother that won't allow the little brother to do anything. And he's, he has all the rules. And Jesus is like, listen, no matter what you do, I'm going to make your life miserable. No matter how hard you sweat to get my people in bondage, I'm going to go right behind you and do the exact opposite. And you can never recover what I just did. You, you say, well, okay, look. The word destroy in the Greek. Are you ready? The word destroy in the Greek, I looked it up. Means, and I'm going to read it so, so, so you can hear this. It's, I don't think it's going to be on, on the screen. It's going to be, it means to discharge, the word destroy. To discharge, to let go from prison. That word destroy, to destroy. To let go from prison, to loose one that was bound. I love this next, set, this next definition in the Greek. Are you ready? To unbind. Unbind. The devil meant, spent so much time binding. Jesus goes, I'm going to unbind everything and I'm going to make you frustrated because I'm unbinding what you bound. Glory to God. I'll continue. To do away with and deprive one of all of their authority. Did you hear me, church? One of the definitions of destroy means to strip someone from all of their authority. And the last definition is, oh, I love this. I saved the best for last. I didn't make this up. This is, you can look at the Greek lexicon. I, I, I challenge you to don't just take my word for it. Be like the Bereans who studied the scripture to see if Paul said it was true. I challenge you to search this out on your own. Get a Greek lexicon or a Greek study Bible and look up the word destroy in 1 John 3, verse 8. And you will see at one of them it says to dissolve something into unrepairable parts. To dissolve something into unrepairable parts. So that means that this scripture can now read like this. For this purpose, the Son of Man was manifested that he might discharge, let go from prison, loose one from bound, unbind, to do away with and deprive from the authority, and to dissolve everything that the devil repairs will be unrepairable. <laughs> Yet we sit around with our heads low saying, where are you, God? We sit around saying, God, why am I so depressed? God is saying, you have it all. 
I came to this purpose. I came to destroy the work. Let me tell you, he didn't die on the cross and say to be continued. He said it is finished. He didn't say come back and, and come back next week and find out the ending of the story. The third thing, the third reason the Holy Spirit came on you, graphic number three, that third reason was, listen, deliverance, freedom from all addictions, bondage, strongholds of the mind and demonic power. If you're having nightmares, it's going to be broken today. If you're having some demonic attacks and addictions that you can't break, it's going to be broken by the power of Jesus' name. If you believe it, if you believe it. And those of you who are new, I've said it before, and it's in my book that I read, wrote three years ago, but now hopefully I'm going to pick it up. There's a difference between deliverance and freedom because f- deliverance is the temporary removal of oppression. It's temporary, but freedom is the permanent removal of oppression. Jesus did not say whom the Son delivers is delivered indeed. He said whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You say, how is that possible? Because the people of Israel got delivered, but they weren't free. That's why they went back to their sin. They got delivered from Egyptians, but because they were in their custom for 400 years, when they were finally delivered and not free in their mind and in their, see, about wholeness, you see, see where, where wholeness is great? They actually convinced themselves that the person and the God that delivered them from that red, that sea that they saw split open was a calf that they built with their own hands. And they convinced themselves it's that calf that did it for us. Why? They were delivered, but they weren't free. Can I say something? God wants you not only to be delivered temporarily. He wants you to be free permanently. That means never have a desire to go back to that thing. And then last but not least, this is this we're going to hit home for a lot of you. The fourth reason that the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, are you ready? Put that fourth one up. Emotional healing. Listen to the goodness of God that in one verse, he sums up four major ingredients that the Holy Spirit comes on him for one purpose and one purpose only, wholeness. Number one, salvation. He's come to me. I, the Holy Spirit has come to, upon me to preach the gospel to the poor. Number two, physical healing. Holy Spirit has come upon, upon me to, to watch this, to open up the blind eyes. Number three, deliverance and freedom. Holy Spirit come uh, all in verse 18. Holy Spirit has come upon me to set captives free. And number four, the Spirit of the Lord has come upon me to heal the brokenhearted. Now, I want you to see this because there's pain in this room that you've experienced that has hit the core of your heart and the core of your emotions so strong that you, some of you can't even hardly walk this walk with joy because this affected your marriage. It's affected your family. It's affected your heart and mind to the point where your emotions yeah, you're good in your physical body, and you may good be good in your finances, but your emotions are warring inside of you. You're battling with offense. You're battling with anger. You're, you're battling with self-hatred and condemnation. You're battling with shame, and you're battling with, with this emotional anguish. Great emotional pain a loss of a loved one, an abuse, and a rejection. You feel it at the core of your heart. The Bible says in Psalm 34 really quickly, it says, I am near those who have a broken heart and save such have a contrite spirit. 
So I'm going to say this with you. I'm going to share this one last scripture, and then we're going to pray. With you to understand this scripture, my, I feel the Lord. Some of you had incidents in your life that has brought great emotional pain. And that pain translates. Do you know that anger is an emotion? Do you know that, right? Do you know that offense is an, by definition, offense is an emotional response. Look it up. Bitterness is an emotional response out of hurt. God said, the fourth reason that I've come up, that the Holy Spirit came upon me is to make you emotionally and mentally well. Some of you could quote the scriptures better than I can, but your emotions are jacked up. Your heart is in a wrong place. Whew. To understand this, Luke 14, are you ready for this? Are you ready? Look at Luke 14, 18 again, but let's look at this in the King James Version. Victor, put it up on the King James Version. Now, watch this difference. He said, in the, in the New King James, he says, he'd heal all who are oppressed, right? Look at what the King James Version says in verse 18. Look at it, look at it. Luke 4, verse 18 in the Old King James Version. No, Luke 4, okay. Luke 4, not 14. Luke 4, 18. It should be in the scriptures that I gave Zach. Watch what it says. Luke 4, 18. Now, guys, when you see this, your eyes are going to be open to what the original text said when it comes to healing emotionally. How many believe that you need emotional healing? Now watch this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives of recovery, sight of the blind. Watch this. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Look at this next verse. Next sentence. Keep going. Keep going. Okay, okay, there he goes. He goes, look at the last one. It says, to preach deliverance to the captives, to recover your sight to the blind, and to set at liberty, you need to see this slowly, them that are bruised. Bruised. In the, in the, in the regular King James Version, the New King James Version, it says oppressed. But in the King James, it says bruised. Wait a minute. So what is Jesus talking about then? Jesus talking about, this is going to heal you, a pain so deep, a pain so hard that it feels like the organ of the heart has been bruised. You say, Pastor George, how do you know that in scripture? Okay, do you have a bruise in your arm? That hurts. Could you imagine your organ being bruised? That is the type of hurt that God is describing that happens to people when they've caught through some catastrophic things in their life that it feels like their physical organ of their heart has been bruised to the point where it hurts so bad that there's a permanent mark on the heart. And I looked up the word broken and I looked up the word heart in the Greek. Are you ready for this? Some of you, it's not because of you. Some of you, it's because of a loved one. You're, you're watching go through something, and your heart is bruised. And God says, for this type of person is what my spirit came upon, to heal those who have deep emotional wounds. Put that graphic up of broken. The Greek word of broken. The word broken in the Greek is the word centribo which means, watch this, it means to break into many pieces so that it is unrecoverable, unrecoverable and crushed. 
Jesus said, I came to heal the brokenhearted. In other words, those whose heart has been broken into many places because of incidents that have happened in their life. Now watch this. This is where I'm going to prove that the bruised part is talking about the heart. I looked at the word heart. Look at the next slide, the last slide here. I looked at the word heart in the Greek, broken heart. And the word heart is the word cardia in the Greek where you actually get the word cardiac. Wait, wait. It's not symbolic here. This is not, oh, this is just the spiritual heart he's talking about. No, it's the physical heart he's talking about. The pumping heart. The Bible says the, in your emotions is so hurt by something that's happened that the unrecoverable pieces that you felt were unrecoverable has bruised your cardia, your cardiac, your heart. In other words, your emotions have been so wounded by a breakup. Your emotions have been so wounded by seeing a daughter or son not get the breakthrough that he wants or they're afflicted or you, you sensed a loss in your family. There's deep emotional wounds. Or someone that you used to be close to no longer talks to you and you, and you were hurting because you've known them for 20 years and all of a sudden they cut you off and they want nothing to do with you. Guess what's going to happen to your heart? It starts to hurt. Now I want you to put that last slide up. When your heart, I'm going to read this and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, they're going to pray. When your heart and your mind is messed up emotionally, your course in life will be messed up. Listen to what I just said. You could quote the scriptures all you want, but if you have a, a, an emotional heart sickness, it will, just, it, will, it, will, it will affect the course of your life. Why then, the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow all the issues of life. When your heart and your mind is messed up emotionally, your course in life will be messed up. The fourth person, the last person I'm trying to reach here. The Holy Spirit's moving all over this room already. Are those who are, are, are coming into or have, or have experienced currently some deep emotional pain to the point that it feels like your heart has been bruised because of a loved one, because of your own self being rejected by somebody, because of someone that wants nothing to do with you, because of an offense that happened in a church. God wants you to let it go today. Because if you don't, it will rule your life for the rest of your life. And let me tell you something very secretive here, but it's, it's not a secret, it's a revelation. If you don't get this healed, every relationship in your life will be tainted with that emotional scar. You will always you will always love at a distance. You will always be cautious. You will always not be trusting. Why? Because an emotional broken heart will not trust anybody. And it will affect your prayer life. Are you ready? Are you ready? I want everyone to stand up. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit moving in this place. We're going to ask the worship team to worship, but I feel the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to call for four different types of people today. You can go answer it all at one time. There's going to be people in here after we worship that you just need to get born again. You need to get saved. You've been backsliding. And some of you, you may watch online. You've never had a born again experience. You just come because your parents come. The Lord is going to bring, bring wholeness in this area. Number two, there's people because the Spirit of God came on Jesus to heal physically. And there's some of you that are here that need a physical touch. 
And that's one of the reasons that the Holy Spirit came on Jesus in Luke 18. Some of you are going to stand in the gap for yourself or for your daughter or for your son or for your uncle or for your cousin or someone that you know that has deep bondage in chains that are, that are, 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 are wrapping themselves up in addiction and in cutting themselves. And some of you need healing from your emotions. Failed business that brought you hurt emotions. Failed church experience. Encounters with people that have let you down. People that stole from you. People that lied about you. And you're carrying this hurt in your heart. This cardia. This cardia has been wounded. Your heart has been wounded in a million pieces. And the Lord says, this is why I've come. To destroy the works of the enemy. So emotional healing. I'm talking to you. Physical healing, I'm talking to you. Spiritual healing, I'm talking to you. Freedom from bondage, addictions, and, and, and all kinds of darkness, God is talking to you. Because at the core of all that, he says, you've been cleansed, but now you are made whole. I'm here to tell you in the unction of the Holy Spirit, don't be satisfied with being cleansed. Be satisfied with being whole. Lift up your hands right now all over this room. Come on. We're going to worship. We're going to worship. We're going to let the Lord do what he wants to do. And I know that some of you, your heart is beating 100 miles an hour right now. And some of you, you're, being, you're experiencing the healing power of God right now. Emotionally, God is going to set you free from demonic strongholds, from emotional pain. He's going to set you free from physical affliction that you've been waiting a long time. But God says today, believe again. Believe one more time. Believe that the Lord will snap those chains of physical bondages, of emotional pain and anger and bitterness and offense that he said be made whole in your spirit, your soul, and your body. Come on, whatever it is, I want you during worship to claim it and ask for it from God. Come on. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.